welcome in one and all. Great stuff. Great stuff today. Off to a fast start. Welcome into the program, everybody on the massive network that continues to grow. Our friends over there in the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. From Menominee to Platteville. From Madison to Milwaukee and everything in between. Green Bay, our friends out there in La Crosse, Eau Claire. Keep going. Sean O'Clintonville, Tomahawk. Greg and the gang up in Tomahawk. We'll see all of you coming up in about three weeks, I believe, four weeks, for the uh, Tomahawk Fall Ride. Can't wait for that. Looking forward to it. So good stuff. Um, but uh, thanks to everybody for joining us on the network. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, that's the uh, phone number to do so. You can hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can also find our buddy Grant uh, producing the program at Wisco Grant, at Wisco Grant. And uh, there's Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. And the uh, same thing on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Subscribe for free. We appreciate it when you like us, too, because uh, we're starting to go up in the uh, in the like rankings, I guess. So I don't know necessarily how all the, uh, the algorithms of that work, but uh, doing pretty well, I guess. So I told you I wanted to start off this hour on a positive, and I knew it was good. I didn't realize it was this good. But take a listen to this. The Brewers pitching staff. This month, for the month of August, opponents' batting average against this Brewers pitching staff, opponents are hitting only 203 against the Brewers pitching staff, which puts them at number two overall in Major League Baseball. OPS against this Brewers pitching staff is a whopping 616, which is really minimal. I'm making fun of it. But that ranks number three in Major League Baseball this month. Third best. Strikeout percentage is 26% of at-bats result in a strikeout against this Brewers pitching staff, which ranks second best in Major League Baseball. And their flip, the flip, 1.08, that puts this pitching staff at third best in baseball in the month of August. Third best in baseball. That's how, I mean, I knew they'd been good. I just um, didn't realize that they were that good. Didn't realize they were that good. Yeah, the Braves and the uh, Dodgers got them. I agree with that. But they have been dynamite otherwise. If they can just get consistent hitting. And even the game against the Dodgers, that Corbin Burns, it was, uh, you know, Corbin Burns threw a gem, you know, for the most part, they've been getting it done with, with pitching and defense. Their defense just, it's like it took a nap that weekend. I don't know what it was, whether it was just some of the young guys playing for the first time in a storied place like Chavez Ravine or what, but it just, it's like everything just, it went away. Five runs in three games. The defense looked abominable at times. It was just, it was weird, but... I, uh, I I just I know the the pitching staff's been extremely solid. So when you look at those numbers, man, whew, that's that's awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Well, Bill, I, I think I asked you last week and buy or sell if if the Brewers had one game and they had to win it, if you would consider starting Freddie Peralta 
over Corbin Burns. And I think you said, yeah, I'd, I'd consider it. Freddie Peralta's got 50 strikeouts over his last five starts. He's been unbelievable. Right? Um, and, and you know what? It was funny because right after that, I saw the Corbin Burns game because Corbin Burns pitched extremely well against the Dodgers. And I thought, boom, did, is, is, you know, Corbin Burns, you can all, you can't go wrong throwing him. But Freddie Peralta has just the movement on Freddie Peralta's. I don't even know what the hell they call it. I don't know if it's it's quote the off speed stuff, but he's got hop on his fastball. His fa- I mean, it's not just it's not just the fact that he can throw it at ninety five. It's the fact that he's got hop on this thing. So now you just need uh, you know better hitting because we're talking about comparing. Really good pitching outings between two really good pitchers right now. And, yeah, oh, by the way, you got Miley and Woodruff and company. And now we're now you just need consistent hitting. You just need better at-bats. Just need better at-bats. And you still, you're still getting base knocks out of Christian Yelich. He hasn't fallen off dramatically or anything like that. We were kind of waiting to see if it would happen. He's been consistent. So you're just kind of waiting to see things pick up offensively and see what happens. And... I'm not going to dismiss the postseason. Uh, I saw over the weekend, well, they, they beat the Rangers, but they can't beat Atlanta and they can't beat the Dodgers. Therefore, they're not going anywhere in the postseason. That very well may be true. But I'm not going to dismiss the the capability of a postseason to just get hot at the right time, to see this this pitching stand. Remember, they hit the ball against the Dodgers It was the or against the Braves. It was the fact that the Braves beat the hell out of the baseball against this Brewers pitching staff. The Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw and company, had their number. They didn't hit against the Dodgers, but they pitched really well against the Dodgers. So if you could just put a couple of games together and win a series or two, just put a, put one together, you could maybe find yourself in an NLCS. Just, you know, knock on wood that that happens. But it hasn't happened all season for consistency. But if you could get it done with pitching and good defense and a couple of timely hits here or there, you you got a legitimate shot. You just do. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You even got a couple of hits out of Willie Adamas. Maybe. May, now I almost said maybe the clouds are starting to part, but no, they're not. They're not. Because he does that. He'll get a couple of hits. You'll go, oh, yeah, he's coming back. Yes. And then pff, right back into the crapper. Swirling the bowl. You're just waiting for it to go down, and it's not going down. You're beating it with a plunger. Just like, stop. Stop. Um, and Thomas, you're right. In that series with the Dodgers, the Brewers hit a lot of line drives right at them. And everything the Dodgers were hitting was just, it, it was, it, they were just on a roll. It just was, was happening for them. You could tell. So, you know, we always say you got to be good. You got to be hot. You got to be healthy. You got to be lucky. Lucky they had more than a little bit of luck. They were hitting flares that were falling in, dribblers that they were able to beat out. Just they weren't making like this monumental contact where they were just ripping the ball all over the place. Not like Atlanta. Atlanta beat the hell out of the baseball. The Dodgers didn't do that. The Dodgers just had seeing eye stuff. And the Brewers had some really weird defensive gaffes. And so maybe that series ends up different if if they play it again. Who knows? Who knows? Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. In the meantime. Uh, getting back to uh, the task at hand, talking to Brewers, uh, some Brewers, uh, or excuse me, Packers football. Uh, Steve says, happy Monday. I agree with you about the Jekyll and Hyde Brewers. You never know which one is going to show up. Will the real Milwaukee Brewers please stand up?
Yes. Uh, going six and three on the road trip was fantastic. They scored three runs in three games in L.A., and then they go in and light up the Rangers over the weekend. Hell, even Willie Adamas started hitting. We just mentioned it. Uh, the additions of Carlos Santana and Mark Canna have paid off so far, and I hope that Rowdy finds his stroke and can be a great uh, rotation guy over at first base in D.H., I uh, was happy with the Packers on Saturday. Jordan Love more than held his own, and I was impressed by the uh, majority of the offensive line. Josh Myers is walking a fine line as a starter, but Rasheed Wall- Walker, I don't know why I keep wanting to say Wallace, uh, played well at the left tackle position. I was also impressed with Sean Ryan at both guard spots. He's a mauler and could provide some good insurance as a backup. He is a mauler. He is a mauler. I, and, and he knows, too. Here's the other thing, Steve. He's fighting for a job. He knows that after not doing much last year and then getting suspended coming in this year with the wild ass hair and then kind of looking around going, okay, I just, I need not to stand out. I just need to do my job, cut the hair, got back to playing football. He's a mauler, but he's also fighting for a job right now. The skilled positions were good as well, but the star of the game was Malik Heath. He showed uh, a Donald driver likeness catching a tough ball across the middle, took a big hit. I also have uh, kudos for Anders Carlson. I was thinking that he was going to get booed, but he did come through. Have a great week. Keep cool. We talked about And by the way, speaking of Anders Carlson, coming up in the next segment, we've been waiting for this. Rich Basaccia, special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. You're going to hear his presser and the discussion regarding uh, Anders Carlson coming up here in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Uh, good to see him get the, the, the reason they kept him. The, and the reason they, they wanted him was because of the big leg. We said it before. We'll say it again. It's like getting a seven-foot-two guy in the NBA. You can't teach height. You can't teach it. You can't teach a big leg. If a guy's got a leg that can split the uprights with room to spare from beyond 50, I mean beyond 50, um, then you, you, you do everything you can to see if you can't keep him in the fold to see if you can't fix his accuracy. And he was pretty solid on Saturday. So hopefully that leads to bigger and better things. Maybe it was the process. Maybe it's the holder. Maybe it's the snapper. Maybe it's the timing. Maybe it's all starting to come together. Whatever it may be. But he looked much, much better. Looked much better. And I agree with you with Malik Heath. And who called that? Who called the Malik Heath thing? From like day one, that was our guy Mike Clements. He said, watch this guy. Watch this guy. I don't think he's just fighting for a, a roster spot. He's he's he could have already made this team. He's just been that good, and I agree with you about the Donald Driver esque uh, catch over the middle and hit. Uh, if he can do that, whew, he's got a place in the NFL, no doubt. He could push for a that seventh roster spot, no doubt. Good stuff, Steve. Appreciate it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's go to Phil and Lacrosse. Phil, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Very good. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Glad to have you. Yes. But uh, very happy with the Brewers this weekend. 63, if they would have said that uh, on the road trip, going into it, I would have been fine with it because tough road trip. Mm -hmm. They hit the ball hard against the Dodgers. Right at them. You know, they Mm -hmm. they did get guys on base. They just couldn't drive them. But the main reason I'm calling for that go-back-to-the-packer preseason game for a week, is the NFL at a point where scary injuries that happen, we're going to suspend the game. We did it last year in a regular season game. Now we've done it in a preseason game. Is this a trend that's going to continue, do you think? 
Um, well, they did it in a preseason game late in the preseason game, so I don't have a problem with it. If it happens in the second quarter, then, yeah, that's you, you're not going to do that. Uh, but late in the ball game, I don't have a problem with. Uh, but last year, remember, the DeMar Hamlin thing, he died on the field. I mean, had it not been for the terrific reaction, I mean, that that's a compl- something that you just haven't ever seen. But, uh, no, a regular season games, that, no. When guys go down, we saw it happen on Thursday night, and they didn't stop the game. Because Philadelphia and Cleveland, they stopped that game uh, on, on Thursday night for a while. Guys were on one knee. Guys were crying. And, you know, he player carted off on a stretcher. And then they popped right back up, and they continued with that game. That That's not going to become a trend, but in pre- I can understand it late in the ball game, but if, if that would have happened in the first quarter, no, that game would have continued through its entirety. Guarantee it. All right. Okay. Well, so. Appreciate yep. it, bud. Uh, and again, I you know regular season games, we've never. I, I know I never have. We talked about it last year, but nobody's ever seen a player die on the field, and we we you don't see players get resuscitated and get hit with the paddles and, and, you know, you just, that just doesn't happen. You know, by the way, you talk about comeback stories. Whoa, DeMar Hamlin back at it. You know, I mean, less than a year after dying at Paycor Stadium, heart stopping, boom, laying on that field. And then for all the outpouring of emotion and sympathy and, and well wishes and prayers. And now he's back. He's back. So to, to answer your question, no, guys, DeMar Hamlin knows what he's getting into. He now knows more than anybody. So, no, you're not going to see that become uh, the thing. Um, and let's hope that we never have to go through that again. Bill, uh, Let's hope that no player ever has that has that happen to him again. Yeah. I'm loyal to you in this show, but if I have a heart attack in this chair and my doctor says it's because I was producing your show, I'm probably going to do something else. I, I respect DeMar <laughs> Hamlin. I think it's an unbelievable comeback story, but part of me is like, are you sure you want to – like you could, you don't have to play football again, man. Like you could go be a right? motivational speaker. Go do, go do anything else. Like I've worried yeah. a little bit about him, but he must have all the assurances in the world that right. um, he's safe and okay. But yeah, if I have a heart attack because of this job, Bill, I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'd probably change careers. I'm just gonna let you know that up front. Right. Yeah. No. I, uh, I, I would understand that. I would, but you know, it, it could be because you come after the beatdown that you can take on a daily from the morning show with Ebo and Rowdy. So they may say that it's my show that causes it, but ultimately the trigger starts in the morning before I come on the air when you walk through those doors. That's true. And they're the ones that light the fuse. I I was only the recipient of the bomb. Just throwing it out there. I'm glad we have this lined up ahead of time. <laughs> if Grant has a heart attack, we know the, uh, the order of operations and how everything's going to be broken down. Yeah. Now, at any point in time, I could have a chest grabber and go down. So we all know that the show's in good hands and go from there. You so got that, struck that by happen. lightning. I don't know I don't know what could keep you off the air. You, you got struck by lightning in the middle of a broadcast. I think you're good I got now. struck by lightning, and then I had uh, my heart stop uh, on the snowblower accident. So I've had, uh, I, out of my cat-like nine lives, I've used up two of them. And i got to be approaching the end at some point. Because I've gotten pretty lucky. Uh, let's do this. When we come back, Rich Basaccia, special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. He spoke to the media. We want you to hear it in its entirety. Thanks to our friends Joe Martino and the gang of Point Brewing. Saw them uh, cracking a few 
on the sidewalk over the weekend up in Stevens Point. Great stuff. The loggers. Uh, it was great. We were down at uh, Irish Fest. Cider Boys is on the uh, grounds at Irish Fest. I did not know that, but they were. So uh, I had a Cider Boys down there over the weekend, which is really good. Love that stuff. But our friends at Point Brewing, man, getting it done all over the state of Wisconsin. Thanks to the gang there for being a big supporter of the show. Rich Basaccia next on the Bill Michael. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It was, uh, it's always pretty cool when uh, you get a chance. Yeah, long story short, I put out the word uh, on, I think it was Saturday, um, that uh, we have these donations for, they call them like the booze wagons for the the golf outing for Fisher House, Wisconsin. And we were a little bit short, you know, on uh, the amount of donations this year. So I put out the word and I just said, hey, you know, if there's anybody that's got a, you know, a couple of bottles of booze. They put them all together in these big uh, wagons, and then they sell, you know, chances. And, God, you get, like, 40 bottles of stuff, you know. And uh, I put it out. I said, hey, we still could use a couple of donations uh, if we could. Um, And the first one to respond was uh, Jeff Stoley. Uh, Our buddy Jeff Stoll and Alicia Stoll from Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoll's All 1 and 9. And that's just the kind of people they are. Not only are they uh, one of the stops on the motorcycle ride at Stoll's All 1 and 9 in Watertown, but they were the first ones to step up and say, hey, we'll, uh, we'll get you some stuff and we'll help you out. So uh, always giving, always giving back to the community, to terrific charities. That's just the kind of people they are. So if you're going to support uh, any uh, businesses, small businesses, restaurants, bars and such, uh, Stoley's Hog Alley on Lake, in Lake Country on Oconomowoc, or excuse me, on Venice Beach Road in Oconomowoc, or Stoll's All 109 on County Road R in Watertown. Both of them great places and even better people. So... Thanks so much to Jeff and Alicia and uh, their staff and all that they do for us. So we can't say thanks enough. Um, well, let's take a listen uh, to uh, to Rich Passaccia because uh, he um, the the special teams has I'm not going to say come under fire, but it has certainly been uh, an eyebrow raiser so far. And uh, we wanted to kind of get uh, you know a listen to. Rich Passaccia to get his take on all of this. Take a listen to what he had to say. Your rookie kicker, what do you think of the camp Andres has had, and and how do you have to exercise patience? Especially Brian has said you knew there were probably going to be some ups and downs. Yeah, again, I think it first starts off with Brian and I are on the, on the same page. You know, obviously when we made this decision, and um, I think. Age and, and wisdom to some degree allows you to have patience, um, especially with this position, you know, with the specialist position. So um, he's exhibited, you know, a lot of the things that we thought he was in a lot of the positive ways, and there's always going to be things to clean up. So I, I think we're excited about, you know, what tomorrow will bring, and hopefully we can play um, well in the game and, and um, evaluate the things that are good and keep getting better and evaluate things that we need to work on and hopefully get better in that direction as well. But I think patience comes a little bit with, you know, age and to some degree wisdom and believing in the character of, of who the man is. And I, I think we strongly believe in that with honors. Tyler Davis gave you a lot on a lot of different kinds of sorry, you speak up. sorry. Tyler Davis gave you a lot on a lot of different units. Do you have to replace him in the aggregate, basically? Now yeah, that- you know, I feel like we, to some degree we lost our right hand. You know, he, he was an exceptional special teams player. Um, 
someone that you could count on in every critical situation, count on to play multiple positions. He's a big body guy that can really run. He was a double digit tackler a year ago. So I'm really not, haven't gotten very comfortable with not having, you know, Tyler Davis um, to this point. It's cost me some um, personal trepidation because of who he is and how much he puts into it and how important it is to him. And, and, um, you know, how he feels about the Green Bay Packers and being a part of this. So losing him is, is um, it's a big blow to our, our unit. I think it's a blow to our team, and um, I'm expecting him to work hard, which I know he will, and, and hopefully be back in the future. But to your question, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how we're going to do it yet. We, we have some big body guys that, that we're trying to move and, and put in his role, but I don't know if we have a guy yet, we'll see, that can play all four phases at the level that he played. Um, it might take two guys to do it. We'll see how it works out. Talk about big body guys. Austin Allen at 6'8". There's not a lot of guys on the football field that have his kind of height. How can you utilize a guy that goes 6'8"? He's done some good things for us, rushing the punter. He's played field goal protection for us on the wing. It makes us a little bit expanded at that position. Then he's done some good things in kickoff return, and he'll play a lot, hopefully, in the kicking game um, come tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes. And there's always the, the element of they have to be, you know, um, proficient at their position as well, and that's why at the end of all these preseason, we get together and collectively try to pick the best 53. Back to, back to Carlson. Um, you know, he's talked us a few times after some of those rough days, and he seems really steady. It's like he's not phased by any of it, and he kind of knows what's going wrong. Is that like the biggest thing about a kicker, or like one of the most important assets, is that ability to kind of withstand, you know, whatever crap is thrown at him? Yeah, you know, I, I think those positions that are all alone, right? pitchers in baseball, the quarterback in football, the kicker in football, they're the return guy to some degree, they're out there by themselves. I think the, the mental makeup of most players, but certainly those all alone players, is uh, it's important to them, right? How to come back from a, a bad play, the cycle of a play, the cycle of a kick. Um, I think how you come back from that is, is important to be your best regardless of the circumstance. Um, that's a sign of mental toughness to some degree. And again, I'll go back to his makeup uh, has a lot to do with you know, why we drafted him and why we like him and why we feel like um, the future is going to be bright for him. Rich, did uh, his brother, who's with the Raiders, and your experience with him, does that play into some of what's going on right now? With well, I think so. I think along with other kickers that I've had, um, you know, I've been through the ups and downs with Martin Gramatica and the ups and downs of Dan Bailey and, and um, Nate Keating and Nick Novak. And, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, Daniel, Daniel came in after he had the trouble in Minnesota, um, took two weeks, and then we got him with the Raiders, and, and he had most prolific years as a rookie. I think he was 94% or 92%. The next year, I think we were in the 70s. Um, wasn't a very good year. But, again, stayed patient, corrected some things, and then he's gone on to, to you know, consistently play well. So I think it's, again, part of the position to some degree to have a sense of patience if you feel like the mechanics are all there and the mental makeup is there to keep improving. And I, I think that's where we are right now with honors. What, what barometer do you use? I don't know if it's different for a kicker compared to another position, but what barometer do you use to know when it's time to give that patience and when it's time to move on? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just really concentrating on where we're at. You know, I'm not really thinking about what's going to happen too far down the down the road. I just think we're trying to get a little bit better today, and then certainly we'll see what happens in the game tomorrow. So I don't think we've really talked about what's going to happen six weeks from now. We're trying to deal with practice today and the game that's coming up. Rich, 
Rich, we, can, we know what you have in Pat. What do you thought of Whalen so far? Yeah, we think it's been a really good competition, you know, between the both of them. I said they both have their strengths, and um, it's for Whalen, it's new. You know, obviously his football awareness is, is uh, increasing all the time. Um, but he's, he's had some good days, and he's had some days where he didn't get the hang, I think, that he quite expects. And um, so I think we'll look forward to how he plays here in the next two games. I thought he had a good series the other day um, in New England practice, and uh, we didn't really get a chance to finish Pats yesterday. So but I think it's been a good competition. I think he's learning a lot from being around Pat, and I think his, his holding has gotten better as well by getting the repetitions that he's getting in practice. Rich, do you anticipate kicking, uh, doing kickoffs with him again? Um, we do. We anticipate using them both in the game. He was, uh, Tariq Carpenter, he was telling us a story a little while ago about how you visited him during the offseason. Do you do that frequently with guys? I get there, and if not, why did you go visit him? Why was it important you to go see him? Um, you know, it's it's been done around the league, with many different coaches and, and many different places. But I think for us here, organizationally, we, we have um, investment in, in Tyreek and, and who he is and the player we think he can become, especially as a team's player. So I just wanted to get to know about him a little bit. I wanted to see what his routine was going to be in the offseason for his workouts and, and um, how he can improve nutritionally, how he can improve with his physical conditioning and just, you know, for my personal feeling, get get a, a bead for who he is a little bit to see if I could um, help him improve and, and um, help us all put him um, certainly on a path to, to have some success. So I don't think it's that uncommon. I was going to a pro day um, at Auburn the next day, so I just kind of went out a day early and had a chance to spend some time with him and get a bite to eat and have a chance to visit with him a little bit, get to know a little bit more about him. He, he, was, really, he was really successful for you. Like the last, what, last six games or whatever it was last year for you. Um, what did you learn during that trip? I think he was successful for us, first of all. And, um, you know, on the trip, I just I, I got a chance to see kind of where he came from and, and um, you know, how his routine was in the off season and how we could maybe help him correct that a little bit with his workouts and his nutrition and some of those things. So um, we're a big fan of his, all of us, I think. And it, certainly his skills play to the point of being a, a tremendous coverage player. I think we're trying to all get him going in the right direction um, defensively as well to find some things that he can do to help us win. So. Bring you on teams. I'm sorry, say it again. What do you think Jaden Reed can bring you on teams? Well, certainly he has return value, you know, for us in the kicking game. We thought he was really good at it coming out of college, and he, he hasn't disappointed to this point um, for us in the game. Now, we, we kind of directed him a little bit to work fair catches in last week's game, and uh, but he certainly can do both. Um, you know, he certainly made an impact um, offensively for us a little bit here early, and we'll expect him to have a chance to be a return guy for us as well. Does it help having a guy like Keyshawn to learn from for him? Yeah, well, I think they're, they're totally two different, you know, um, people. And, and certainly Keyshawn is a little bit more fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants guy um, who didn't do a lot of it in college. And, you know, Jay has done a lot of it in college. It was a lot of what we liked about him was the ability to return both. Certainly his... Um, expertise to some degree in the part return game and so I think they're kind of feeding off each other a little bit in practice. Right here. Right here. Keyshawn was telling me the other day that like kick return the key to it is more about instinct than anything that you can't think about it too much. Is that something that just works for him or do you want all of the guys to kind of get where it's just instinctual and they're not overthinking it. Well, anytime you can be and use your instincts, right? If you know what to do, you should be able to play fast. And the, the responsibility of the kick return guy, to some degree, there's a lot of setup element to it. 
Um, we talk about bringing a lot of the blocks to you, and then after that, you have to know how it's being blocked and then where you're going, hopefully on a one-cut break. I think those guys that are get to be really good at punt returners, I think you saw, if you look at Jay's one return last week, he had this, what we call, natural pause to him. He just kind of caught it, and, and then he took off. And I think Keyshawn's starting to get a little bit more of that, whereas in a kick return game, Keyshawn, Keyshawn can get it and go, and then make the one break after that. I think part returns a little bit different. I have a little bit more patience there um, to kind of set up the return. So, again, if, if that's how Keyshawn feels, I, I'm good with it, you know. So I, I like him playing with his instincts. Rich, it seems like Keyshawn's in line for maybe a bigger role on defense this year. How much does that affect you on special teams? Yeah, good question. I think for a couple guys, right, that we've had that were um, special teams contributors a year ago, I think if they become the starter or if they be get into the – 45 to 50 play range on defense or on offense, we can manage that. You know, a lot of times those starters end up playing on two phases for us and helping us there. Um, depends on whether you're on the offensive unit or defensive unit, which units we'll try to use you on. But I think we're kind of waiting to see what the role for some of these guys are going to be on their offensive or defensive unit, and then we'll figure out where and when we can play them in the kicking game to help us. Hey, Rich, you've, uh, you've coached in this league a really long time, so you've seen – how preseason once was probably early in your career versus now. You guys have a lot of young guys. Goody was just talking to us about the importance of getting those guys playing time despite the risks of preseason. How have you kind of seen the change between weighing risk versus reward of playing guys in the preseason, but also needing to be careful and not wanting to lose them in games that don't come? Yeah, another good question. Obviously, and we've had lots of conversations about it, you know, and, and – um, I think sometimes you, you decide, are you going to, you know, play to your fears or, or play to your hopes, you know, and, and those sort of things. I, I think the one thing we do here is when we're in pads, we have pretty physical practices and we have a chance to evaluate them that way as well. And I think, you know, you can talk to Coach LaFleur about his thoughts on, on some of the offensive and defensive things. But for us, if there's some guys I kind of know what they can do, I'm trying to figure out what their responsibilities in the particular game are going to be on defense or offense, how much they're going to play, to how much we're going to play them. But I think the, Brian is right. The young guys need to play in a game to feel the speed of a kickoff or a kickoff return and how fast they're going to come now on the punt rush and some of those things. So it is a risk-reward type business, whether you're playing four preseason games or three preseason games. I think the one thing that's helped us maybe in the league is we haven't had a lot of back-to-back -back full pattern practices um, like we used to, and then still play a preseason game. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're having constant conversation about how long some of these guys are going to play, especially now coming off of the, the two-day practice. Regarding the skirmishes yesterday during practice, what was your message to the guys afterward when that period ended like three and a half minutes early? Yeah, I think the biggest disappointment was we didn't get a chance to get our reps on tape, and that, that eliminates um, – I think we only got two plays in, so that eliminated four graded reps for our guys, you know. Um, so you don't ever want to see those sort of things, you know, in a practice. And I've been around long enough to say that it happens. I get it. But I, I think the disappointing thing is it cost us some, some reps, some graded reps on our punt team. And, and the rest of it is, you know, I'll just kind of leave it at that. So. Good. Thanks, guys. Good to see everybody. There you go. Rich Basacci, a special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, kind of giving you a lowdown. Now, this was just before the game. Uh, so since then, Keyshawn Nixon, obviously a little bit nicked up, and he's got some things to uh, take a look at. But uh, some interesting stuff coming out of Rich Basacci and the way that he kind of thinks when it comes to the makeup 
of a special teams player. So he's lost Tyler Davis. He's uh, for the while anyway. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with Keyshawn Nixon. But uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's some things there that uh, need to be uh, need to be addressed. Obviously, so. Um, Some good stuff uh, coming from Rich. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and um, and then we'll kind of go from there. So let's do this. Uh, We got a lot to get to. A lot of stuff to talk about coming up about an hour from now. Kevin Harlan is going to be joining us. The final hour of the program today is going to be Mike Clemens, kind of putting his wrap on what he witnessed uh, on Saturday as well. Stay tuned. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Can't push it enough. Coming up Sunday, September 3rd, it's the 16th annual Poker Run motorcycle ride benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. And we need you. We need you. Go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. Facebook.com and slash Big Unit Poker Run. And all the information's there. Tonight we have a 7 o'clock live broadcast on that particular page. And they're going to announce a lot of the stuff that's going to be going on. So uh, please, if you can make it, whether you ride a Harley, a Honda, Kawasaki, Boss Hoss, whatever it happens to be, uh, please come out and join us uh, coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. We can't do this without you. So please, please, it benefits military members, uh, veterans, their families. It benefits Fisher House, Wisconsin, which takes care of those families. So please, if you can join us. Uh, And the weather looks great. Uh, So as far as people that wait for the weather to see what it's going to be, uh, the weather forecast is held steady between 79 and 84 degrees, somewhere in there, and uh, minimal chance of precipitation. Uh, they say it's going to be sunny, mostly sunny. So really looking forward to it, but we can't do it without you. So please, please, please come out and join us. Please come out and join us. It's going to be a great time. going to be a great time. Um, so the uh, there was a pass to Romeo Dobbs. In the early on in the game, and this one, uh, this one comes to us from Thomas. Thomas says, uh, "Hey, unit, uh, some of the passes that you had mentioned from Jordan Love, albeit incomplete, look really good. Do you feel that he's gotten better as a passer? The pass to Romeo Dobbs that took place, and I believe it was like the second quarter, or first or second quarter. It was early on in the ball game, and it was a, it was it was a solid. It was it was a for a first down." Dobbs got up. He kind of did the first down signal, you know, type of thing. But it was a pass to the backside of Dobbs. He was up, he was down in the middle of the field to the backside of Romeo Dobbs. And Dobbs snagged it out of the air. It was in the only spot that a Packer could catch it and it not be picked off by an opponent. And again, I thought it was a really good pass. Now, you want to see downfield, you know, connectability. You, I mean, you would love to see it on the consistent, but just downfield connectability. Whomever it happens to be, Christian Watson or anybody else. But I thought it was a really good pitch and catch. And I, I Packers lose the game 21-17, but that's irrelevant. I thought it was a really good technically sound pass. And again, we're seeing more and more and more of this consistently out of Jordan Love. So, 
when I look at this and I say, okay, look, if the defense has anything and Jordan Love is above serviceable, this team, as you've been hearing about all day, if you've been watching TV nationally, this team all of a sudden went from being, oh, they're without Aaron Rodgers, they're not that good, to this is a playoff team. You know, obviously it's a gray area. We don't know. But I, I thought that pass was was much like the ones that I talked about earlier about to, to Musgrave. I thought they were very indicative of a guy that's grown in the position, that knows. Um, going back to the special teams aspect of this with Rich Passaccia, you've got, you know, question marks, obviously, with the injury to Nixon. Tyler Davis going down, like he said, he was my he he was my right hand man. That's what Rich Passaccia just said. He's my right hand man. It's like playing without your right hand. He he's the guy that kind of the the captain of special teams, so to speak. So they were really relying upon him, and now they're trying to figure it all out. This is an opportunity for a lot of the young guys, obviously, to make the team and show their wares and be more than just a, a position player. So, but I, I do like the fact that Anders Carlson hit the big kick. Looked solid, looked much better. The process looked better. So there was a lot of, even though they lost the game, and again, again, the score is irrelevant to me. Even though they lost the game, there was a lot of positive things that came out of that game the other night up at Lambeau Field. Um, Will says, Clifford, on the other hand, sailing passes that receivers were having to go up and get. Triple coverage to talk about the quarterback controversy is bogus. Clifford has a way to uh, go, but is still a good number two. I, I don't will I don't know who was even discussing a quarterback controversy. I mean, if somebody was, then they don't know what's going on because there's no quarterback controversy. None. None, because they have invested in love. They spent time waiting for love. They moved on. Because they believe love can get the job done, there's no quarterback controversy. Sean Glifford, you're right, has a way to go. Uh, but if anybody goes, well, I don't know, Sean Clifford compressing for a starting job, no, he couldn't. Not yet. No, he couldn't. So I, I let's put that to bed right now. If anybody thinks there's a quarterback controversy in Green Bay, you don't know what you're talking about. You're smoking rope. No doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. You can find us. Hey, if uh, by the way, I, I mentioned next week heading out to uh, lacrosse. Got and, and Grant did it over the weekend. Got to stop into Buzzer Billy's. Grant, how was the food at Buzzer Billy's, by the way? It was fantastic. I had a coupon uh, for a half-price appetizer, so I got some armadillo eggs, which are fantastic. Those and are then good. I got the, the big-ass chicken quesadilla, which you turned me on to last time you were in yes. town. So tip of the cap. Thank you for that. That is uh, the chicken quesadilla there is fantastic. So, And I agree with you about the bites. They're also awesome. So if you're going to head in, Buzzer Billy's got a lot of good stuff, a lot of good food, specifically Fish Fry Friday, too. Head upstairs to the Starlight Lounge after the fact. They're right there on Pearl Street in La Crosse. That's Buzzer Billy Starlight Lounge, big supporters of the motorcycle ride, big supporters of the network. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
have got one hell of a package for, uh, that sounded kind of weird, didn't it? For uh, one of the winners of the pre-registration uh, on the motorcycle ride, that came from our friends over there at Four Seasons Island Resort. It's a champagne basket, a couple of glasses, and a weekend stay at the Four Seasons Island Resort on the beautiful Muscano Island uh, uh, up there in the Muscano River in Pembine, Wisconsin. And there's still time to get up there and do a little golfing. Maybe the ATVs, the UTVs, side by side, whatever it happens to be, the trails are open. They have got, uh, you can fish. You can just go lay by the pool. You can go to the diamond room and get a just a gourmet dinner. You can sit in the uh, lounge, uh, do a wine tasting, cheese tasting, all that kind of stuff. There's some appetizers in there. You can go downstairs and just party your ass off at the Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill, whether it's music or karaoke or just fun whatever they've got tennis courts it's just a beautiful place call our girl barb at 715-938-5110 715-938-5110 and use the promo code michaels15 you'll get 15 percent off your stay and uh, they are huge supporters of the motorcycle ride they do so much for us they're great people but again that's the four seasons island resort and you can even go north into the uh, up uh, at their their sister location, which is Pine Mountain, and play the golf course, which is Timberstone Championship Golf Course. And they even have a ski hill and everything there, too, in the winter months. So great stuff. Call Barb, 715-938-5110. Coming up in the next hour, we are uh, going to be talking to our buddy Kevin Harlan, who is going to be making a return visit to the program. We also have Mike Clemens uh, wrapping things up in the last hour of the program today. So... Good stuff there as well. Uh, looking forward to that. i uh, got a couple of emails that we're going to get to. We've got, hey, by the way, if you want to chime in, the phone number, you've already got it. But uh, we'd love to uh, hear from you. So uh, we'd love to get, uh, oh, there's our girl, Roxy Chargian. Paul's wife just chimed in. Um, oh, Paul shaved the beard, by the way. There's a Paul Chargian update. We'll talk with him on Thursday. <laughs> Just an email came through, and it's it was because I'm like, where did he go? I thought he was on Facebook, and here are the pictures that I'm seeing on, are on her page. But uh, but Paul Charchian is going to be joining us coming up on Thursday. So looking forward to that to talk some fantasy football. We got a full week this week. Uh, in the meantime, this is from uh, this is from Ted. Ted says, uh, "Hey guys, uh, let's not get too crazy on the positive or the negative when it comes to the Packers overall. We know it's going to hinge on the elbow of one Jordan Love. He also said that the defense needs to play better, but it's going to be in the mind of Joe Barry. How much guys will resent him if they if they don't get unleashed on the opponent? Um, yeah, it's, you know, I, I hate to use the Matt LaFleur, it's a fluid situation, but it's a fluid situation. Let's, let's, you're right. Let's not get too crazy. Don't get too crazy. Uh, JP says uh, Jordan Love looked great. They were at the game, him and his wife, kids. Got a picture that he sent uh, with his email. Said, fun time. Jordan Love looked great. I know the word great is used a lot. And he's got in parentheses, as you said early. But he looked great. That's from JP. JP, you the man. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show on this Monday. Taking your reaction to what you saw on Saturday night. I'll tell you this. Nationally, they're now, they're slobbering all over the guy. They love him. They love love. They love love to love love. 
of love. More than the Michael Show next.